Let's pray. Father, speak through your servant, bless through your servant, and touch lives through your servant in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be looking at a very fantastic series uh, under the theme, The New Year Manifesto, Ideas for Year-Round Success. And it's a seven-part series, but has a lot of episodes in it. So, like, this is the fourth session, but we have just done, we have just done three. I think the fifth session, but we have just done three of the seven-part series. So, we are looking at decisions. You can go to Facebook and watch it if you missed it. And then dreams, you can go to Facebook and watch it if you missed it. Last week, I started with direction. Uh, if you missed last week, you can go to Facebook and watch it. But today, I'm looking at the second part of direction. But before I do that, let me quickly go over what I shared. Okay? Direction, how to stop surviving and start succeeding on the difficult road to success. Our anchor scripture is Proverbs 4, 25 to 27. Look straight ahead. And fix your gaze on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So I said, vision and, com and conviction will always put you on a straight way. There's shorter distance. From where you are and where you want to go, it's a straight line. When you realize that your life is going zigzag, 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 there is lack of vision and lack of conviction. Lack of vision and lack of conviction. It is conviction that keeps you focused. So direction is a combination of vision and conviction. Now, I also shared last week, the eight groups of people seeking directions in life. I said, those on the side roads, this is where you are starting life. You have not yet hit the main road. This is where you learn, you build skills, you build capacity. And this year, is somebody, somebody is on the side road this year. Don't get worried about those on the main road. And being on the side road does not mean that you are old. It told me that you are young. You can be old and still be on the side road. I told you I went to university when I was over 30 years old and I was married. In terms of academics, around 30 years old, I was still on the side road. But whilst I'm on the side road, I've observed the life of people that have hit the main road of academics and how their lives have changed. And decided to build myself very well before hitting the main road. When you are moving from the side road to the main road and you are not prepared well i remember i went to preach in the church in kaswa only god saved me i moved from the side road to the main road and my car went off it was dark no street lights and the car too was black it just went off and for some few minutes i was shaking come and see your man of god shaking like something how you can't even find your destiny anymore fortunately for me no car was coming Graciously, no car was coming. So I was able to restart the car and move. Imagine my car broke down and another car was heading with speed. I would, have not, I would not be here preaching. Sometimes that's the way we get accident. When you don't prepare very well on the side road. 
before becoming a pastor, I served under several men of God whilst on the side and built my capacity. So when I hit the main road, it was very easy for me to move. But I said there are those also on the main road. On the, when, you, when your car is on the main road, it is assumed by everybody that you are prepared for the journey. Why will you put a car on the main road when you are not prepared for the journey? That's what we have in Ghana. We have DVLA. Before your car, even if you buy a new car from abroad and the uh, distance you have covered is 50 kilometers only, you can never drive the car on the main road until you have taken it to DVLA for them to test the roadworthiness of car, of the car, before you can put the car on the main road. So any car on the main road is supposed to have been tested and then we are convinced that that car has the capacity to move from where it is to where it is going. The major reasons why we have a lot of accidents on the, on, on the way and many people are dying, there is no a week that you don't find on social media a very, very serious accident involving young people, involving mothers, involving children on our streets in Ghana here. Why? Why? Because a driver, instead of going to check the roadway not of his car, will go and pay bribe to the Goro boys, and they will give him a fake roadway certificate and hit the road. So the truck truck you are sitting in, the minibus you are sitting in, the brake may have been 40, and then the driver is managing it. He is using your life to manage the brake until he gets money to go and face it. Do you understand? And there are a lot of people on the main, on, on main roads today in our lives who are not yet prepared for the challenges of the main roads. And they are risking their lives and they are risking the things that are following, uh, people that are following them. I see a lot of young people becoming senior pastors and the things they teach. You can see that this is spiritual accident. Oh, spiritual accident. They are destroying people's lives. Leading people to hell. I've seen people who are not prepared for marriage, who have gone to get themselves married. I've seen people who have waited in lives and now they are messed up, their life is messed up, and they are forcing to do the things they should have done 10 years ago, but they haven't built the capacity for it. So they are creating accidents. May that not be your portion. I also spoke about those at the crossroads. Sometimes you are going fine and everything is fine until you hit a point where you have to make decisions. And these decisions can make you or break you. And you have to make it. Who to marry? The job to do? Do I resign from my job? Do I, you know, you hit crossroads. And all this while, yet the whole of last week, on Sunday, I taught you how to go through all these things. I'm not repeating them. Those on rough roads, they have, sometimes, the journey will not always be rosy like that. Jesus himself did not promise us a very rosy road. He told us that the road through him is very narrow. So sometimes you see that things are going well. Everything is fine. Everything is moving. And then suddenly, have you ever traveled from Accra to Kumase? Sometimes you hit a very smooth asphalt road. And then you are happy. That, around that time, you can test the strength of your engine. Then you are on. Then you are driving. Vroom, vroom, vroom. And then you get to a place. Oh, rough road. And then now your car. That was peaceful and nice. Now he's shaking your body. Now he's making you fall. And usually those of us who have grown a bit older and our bones are weak. When somebody else is driving us, then we get angry. 
Take your time. Take your time. The person has taken his time. The car is running at 20 kilometers per hour. But it's the potholes, the rough road that is shaking your life. Do you understand? So some people can find themselves on the rough road of life where things are no longer easy. Rough road in your marriage and all those things. But I prescribe for you how to survive the rough roads. I'm not going to repreach them. There are those on dark roads. For there are people here who feel missing. They are lost. They don't know what to do again. They don't know friends have abandoned them. They don't know the, the next step to take. I told you several years ago when we were little, my mother's problem was that my mother says when she hears the cock crowing in the, in the, in the morning, and she wakes up. At that time, there were no alarm clocks. It was a cockroach that was waking us up. There was no alarm clock, I'm telling you. And we live in communities where we had a lot. So around 5 a.m., there about you hear kokoroko. That kokoroko, do you know the people who hear them? My mother's class, they're poor people. When you are sleeping, it's like sleep, don't sleep, sleep, don't. My mother said anytime she heard that um, voice, she panics. How to, how to take us through one day? It was a very dark period for my mother, especially when my father died. My mother's crying was, where have you left us? And, and these children, I was 18, and I have three more people behind me. I think three, three ahead of me, and none of us had worked before. And a poor widow, and us. It was a very dark moment for us. But that was when I got born again, and I brought the life light into the family. And then, and then, some of us are on dangerous roads. You find yourself in situations that you don't know. I'll give you an example last week of how mommy, when mommy and I started dating, and she just trusted me, just trusted me. The first month of our dating, she came to my house and said, I have been paid. What should we use the money for? And she realized that at that time there was I didn't, I didn't use good soap. So she came with a, a gift of, of palm olive soap. Hey, I've become rich. Palm olive soap. And then she came, they brought me the money. Then I said to my friends, the world is a dangerous place. So this girl doesn't know me. Look at the way she has fallen in love with me. And look at the way she's just giving all of herself to me. I could just chop her money, chop her body, and vanish. Oh, yes. There are, oh, no, there are girls here, they have experienced that. Men have chopped your money, chopped your body, and they have vanished. You are looking for them. Their phones have gone off. They have blocked your number. And you are very, very bitter. Who asked you to allow a man who is not married to you to chop your money? It's because, let me tell you something. If we're a woman, you don't work and you are always looking for chop money from men, they will also chop your body. <laughs> oh, yes. Chop bodies. So there are chop bodies and chopper, choppers of bodies. May God punish the choppers of bodies. Unlicensed, unlicensed choppers of bodies. Before you can chop a woman's body, you have to bring the woman before this altar. You have to be blessed. And then the state will license you. The church will license you. And the family will license you. You need three licenses. 
to chop one body. Three licenses to chop one body. It starts with the family. The family will license you, then the state will license you, and then the church will license you. There are some of you sitting here. We don't even have one license. You have three bodies. When you should get three bodies to get one license. Well, well, if we're a woman here and a man is chopping your body when he has not married you, you yourself, you are a cheap body. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. You are wole, wole, wole is cheap. How, how many sister wole's are here? How many sister wole's are here? Oh, this church is a very righteous church. Oh, no sister wole's here. What a church. What a church. What a church. And then you can also go through what I call the, those who are on the winding roads. You see, I've said it before. I said, life, eh, the shortest distance from where you are to where you are going is a straight line. It's a straight line. If you are not straightforward, and all your life is here, there, here, there, you are not straightforward, you will keep, you, you have to travel a long distance to arrive at your destination. I explained that to you. And then those on, those on toll roads, you heard a vice president's speech, when he becomes president, I will have to pay tolls on the road so that we can fix the roads. Yeah, yeah, there is no, there is no free journey. Journeys are expensive unless you decide to weak, use backsides. But if we are using main roads that are good, that will keep your life going, it must have a certain cost. Life is costly. If you are not willing to pay the price for success, forget life. Forget life. Now today, like I'm talking on charting the course. The 10 W's approach. Charting the course. The 10 W's approach. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. How to find direction and move the right way. The 10 W's approach. You are talking to, you are, you are a man of God. I'm your prophet. I am your prophet and I'm bringing a message from the Lord to you. And I need you to take, write all these 10 approaches down. The 10 W's down. The 10 biblical ways to stay on course and overcome confusion. Today, I pray that every confusion in your mind, God will cure that confusion in the name of Jesus. People that know, don't know where they are going and feel that they are lost. I was sent to you by the Lord. I came with a message for you. You feel lost. You feel lost. I came with a message for you. Number one, the first W, the word, the word, the word, the word. The word, when you are confused, study the Bible. If you don't know where you are going, listen, there is no problem confronting you today that the Bible does not have an answer to it. Psalm 119 verse 130. The entrance of thy word, from the King James Version, the entrance of thy words give a light. It gives understanding unto the simple. You see, direction is by wisdom. And the word of God makes you wise. Direction is by wisdom. And the word of God, it gives understanding to the simple. I told you how around the age of 10, 11, 12, 13, I could neither read well nor write. The little I could read was my mother who taught me how to read. She would catch me, put me in between her legs with a knock waiting for me and get me to read. But I could neither read well nor write well. A mental of 20 questions. 
Detention, detention of 20 questions. I will get all wrong. I used to sit by a friend of mine called Alessandra. Alessandra was brilliant. And Alessandra had sympathy for me. So during the detention, Alessandra would turn his paper small so that I could copy. Still, even copying, I'll make mistakes. And every one mistake, you get two lashes. And 20, all mistakes. 40 lashes. My teacher, and I used to fear canes too. My teacher would beat me and then, like, hey, hey, whoa, Kotanasi, Kotanasi. Like my case was uh, case closed. Kotanasi, Kotanasi. And then the next day, mathematics. And then I got born again at 14. Then my father was going to our hometown and said, Kofi, let's go to serve me. I went with my father to our hometown for two weeks. That period of two weeks, in the morning, I'll just fetch water for my daddy to get bath. Her um, cousins were there, so they would cook for him, and they would go and visit friends. That two weeks, I had so much time at my disposal. I went with a New Testament, big New Testament. Uh, it was the Message Bible, or Good News Translation. I read the entire New Testament in two weeks. When I came back to Accra, my first examination after reading the New Testament, do you know my position? What I got? I was fourth. I'm telling you. The second examination, third. The third examination, second. The fourth examination, first. Everybody was surprised. I had gotten born again. Everybody was surprised. And you know something? My father was a Methodist priest, but did not stop me from doing the charismatic movement that Pastor Fuachi and his friends were leading. It was called Transia, Transcontinental Evangelistic Association. My father did not stop me because my father told my mother that, hey, baby, where Kofi goes, they have been teaching him well. So Kofi's academics have improved. The entrance of his word given light and given understanding to the simple. I've said to you here, when I was growing up, everybody said I was a fool. Now people pay to listen to me. People pay to listen to me. When they put my videos on Facebook, thousands of people will watch it. The honor I receive, the people that honor me and value me for my mental capacity amazes me. You know why? The entrance of his word given light. You will never find direction without wisdom. And wisdom is in the bosom of God's word. Sometimes a preacher will be preaching like this. And the problem you have been struggling with, just one statement from the Bible, it answers it. It answers it. The word of God, when you study it, is more power, it gives you more direction than any prophecy. Than any prophecy. I have seen several people that prophecies have made them confused. They have received prophecies over prophecies, and the prophecies are countering each other. One prophet said this, other prophet said this, so they have counseled. And now the people are confused. Study God's word. God's word, there are no contradictions in his word. Commit yourself to God's word. Do you, are you here with me? And be in a church where the word is taught. You will find direction. Number two, the weight. So number one, the word. Number two, the weight. The weight. The weight. Isaiah 40 verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Three P's from this. There's three P's from this word. Three P's from this word. Prayer, preparation, patience. Prayer, preparation, patience. Listen. If you spend time, the, the Bible says you shall run 
You shall run and not be weary. You shall walk and not faint. What is the essence of having direction? If you cannot walk towards where you are directed, if you cannot run towards where you are directed, and it is waiting upon the Lord, that is taking time and having consistent prayer life, and then be patient and wait upon the Lord. Psalm 40 verse 1. Can somebody, Apostle Abi, go to Psalm 40 verse 1 from the NIV. I want you to read Psalm 40 verse 1. I want you to see the power of waiting and prayer. The power of waiting and prayer. The power of waiting and prayer. You have to learn how to wait upon the Lord. You have to be patient. You need, you see, God's time is not your time. God has his own programs for your life. One of my daughters went to the UK with a number of, at that time, Tony blessed time, they used to give a working visa for university students. So when they finished university, the last few months left on their visa, they rushed in to go and get jobs in the UK. My daughter's uh, visa was left with three months. And the other friend they went with, told they had one year and all those things. She called me, she was panicking that she had she she gotten a good company. Now they say three months was too small. So after three months, they will lay her off. And I told her that, listen, you are following a prophetic footstep. So take your time. Guess what? All the friends she went to the UK with are all back in Ghana. She's the only one married around a successful business. You have to understand God's timing. And allow God to order your steps. Be patient and be prayerful. And know that everything you think is delayed is God preparing you. If God does not prepare you, he will not position you. He will not give you a position that will destroy you. So he will prepare you for a position. He will prepare you for a position. Are, are you here with me? He will prepare you for a position. Read that scripture. Quickly, okay, it's here. I waited patiently for the Lord. I waited patiently for the Lord. But how did he wait? How did he wait? How did he wait? Look, he, he turned to me and heard my cry. Prayer was going on. Prayer was going on. It was waiting and crying. And in the context of the, the, the Hebrew word translated here, crying, it's not like shedding tears. It's like agonizingly communicating with God. Agonizingly communicating with God. So, you see, some of us, when, when you wait, it cannot be patiently if you do are not crying. If you are not crying unto the Lord. Now, move, verse 2. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. Look, this one day, he was not even on the rough way. He was not even on the main road. He was not on the crooked path. But he was in a slimy pit. His case was a very, very difficult case. And yet, God lifted him from there. How did God lift him from there? I waited patiently. I waited patiently. I waited patiently. And he lifted me out of the slimy pit. Out of the mud and mud. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. I told you that God will not lift you into a position. If he's not sure you are prepared for it. Whatever God gives you, that thing should not cause you to fall. It should cause you to stand. Do you understand? And look at, look at the third thing that happens. Look at what happens when, when you wait patiently and you pray. When you wait patiently. I know, I know it's difficult. I know you are going through something and it's difficult. The marriage is delaying. The job is delaying. The healing is delaying. The problem is delaying. But wait patiently. 
Wait patiently and pray. The Lord will soon visit you. When you go to verse 3, you want me to end reading? Now, he put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Now, hear this. Let me tell you what God wants to do. The God's agenda for your life. You know the Bible says that the sun and the moon and creation reveals God's glory. If the sun can remove, reveal God's glory, and if the moon can reveal God's glory, why can't you be a revelation of God's glory? But you have to go through. The reason why the sun can reveal God's glory is because since God put the sun in a certain process, that, that around a certain time, the sun must go around for 12 hours and go and hide behind, is it the moon or another planet? And then darkness will come and they will sleep. Once the sun goes and is blocked and we cannot see the sun again, it has appeared somewhere else. And for the thousands of years that God set the sun on a course, the sun has never rebelled against the process of God. And that is why the sun can give glory to God. When you are able to stay God on God's course, okay, you will eventually become the glory of God. You will reveal the glory of God. May you be the next glory. May you be the next glory. The disciples of Jesus saw a man who had been blind from his childhood and asked him, Lord, is it because of his father's sins or his mother's sins or his own sins? Jesus said, no, no, no. Is that for, so that the glory of the Lord will be revealed. That thing you are going through is meant to reveal the glory of God. Number three, number three, the wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom. The wisdom, the wisdom, the wisdom. Let me show you. I'm saying, listen, I'm saying this, and you have to take it. The Bible says, by wisdom, a house is built. You can never build a life, a successful life, without wisdom. Without wisdom. And let me show you how to get wisdom. Proverbs 4, 10 to 12. Listen, my son, from the NIV. Accept what I say. Accept what I say. And the years of your life will be many. I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps now, see, and lead you along straight paths. That's direction. Direction. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Listen, my son. Accept what I say. You see, wisdom is non-negotiable. Wisdom does not seek your opinion. When somebody is more experienced than you and is talking to you, it is not a question of, I have an opinion. I accept what I say. Some of you, do you know, do you know where your, down, your downfall began or it will begin? It is where you despise the wisdom of the elderly. Where you despise the wisdom of the elderly when personality of fear was young. He used to come and try to trick me and every trick I catch him. So one day she went to mommy and said, mommy, I thought daddy, I can't trick him. When I say this story, he will catch me. When I say he will catch me. And she said, yeah, yeah, because, I thought he was 14 years old. And mommy said, yeah, yeah, because you are, you are 14. And he had been 14 before. When he was 14, you were not born. So he knows what all 14-year-old boys do. That's the difference between you and the person that is more mature than you. He says, he says, Listen, my son, he establishes a relationship. 
accept what I say. Accept what I say. It's not like he's begging you to have an opinion. Accept what I say. And right now, what I'm teaching you, accept it. Accept what I say. But you see small boys and small girls who think that they know. They know more than their parents. They know more than their mentors. They know more than they experienced. Experience is not for sale anywhere. You can buy beauty. You can buy whatever you... Your experience is not for sale. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Experience is not for sale. Listen, my son, accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. Now, here, here is the second one. Hear that. I instruct you in the way of wisdom. What does he do? I instruct you, I tell you what to do. I tell you what to do. I instruct you in the ways of wisdom. And then, and then what happens? And lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. All my friends are older than me, wiser than me. And they instruct me. When I'm going through difficulties, I will call them. Number four, the weight, the weight, the weight, the weight. Even if you find direction, and you are carrying weight, you cannot run. Hebrews 12, verse 1, King James Version. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the rate that is set before us. You see, so the Bible here is differentiating between weight and sin. Sin is sin. We all know what sin is. We have been preaching it in this church. But weight is anything that is not sinful, but him hampers your velocity in life. Like Facebook. You know something, I get surprised that people will be in church and they will still be watching the sermon on Facebook. Why would let you do that when you are having life? It's because you are addicted to Facebook. It has become a weight on you. Some friends are weight. Some friends are weight. Some friendships, they are weight on you. When they get into your life, they disrupt your life. One woman was telling with me and mommy how she traveled out of this country to go and do medicine and fell in love with a wrong man, a wrong Ghanaian and started missing her grades. So she ended up not becoming a doctor but something else. That man became a weight on her. Your parents have paid to, for you to go to school to go and study. You go and get into relationships that is affecting your academic performance. Any true relationship will make your life better and will not destroy your life, it will make your life better. Poverty is a weight. So, those of you who will be teaching financial principles and you talk against us, poverty is a weight. And for poverty, the weight is heavy, it will sink you below the sea. So even if you have the direction, uh, have you ever seen anybody running 100 meter race and it's big before? Can Patrick Affair win a 100 meter race? Against me? Against me? No! Would you like to try? From here to here? Okay. 
The next thing, the next way to find direction is the whisper. The whisper, the whisper. Please, I'm sharing deep things with you. Those of you dozing, wake up. You know, every sermon I preach, I have my posture. Some sermons I, I shout. Some sermons I'm in between shouting and this thing. But this one, there are principles. I'm, I want you to write them down. I want you to write them down. If you want me to shout, I'll come down and start shouting. But you go home with nothing. The whisper, the whisper, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 30 verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. There is a voice called the voice of the Holy Spirit. I told you how I finished Bible school in, the, uh, in Germany in the 90s and got a scholarship to Sweden. And the scholarship was so miraculous. Was the month I was finishing school, I was walking on the corridors of our school and here was a gentleman standing there and called me. He said, what is your name? I mentioned my name to him. And so he said, what country are you from? I said, Ghana. He said, oh, yeah. he hasn't been to Ghana before, but he's been to Kenya, Kenya before. Blah, blah, blah. What are my plans? I said, well, I'm around. If I get a place to study, I'll study more. Apparently, he was the head of another missionary school in Sweden. So he said, I will talk to the school, get your, your forms from them, and you hear from me. I was there one day, went to my pigeonhole. There was a letter. I opened the letter. I've been offered another scholarship. That this time, I could take mommy and Patricia offered to join me. So when I finished school, before I finished school, I applied for the Swedish visa. And they said, oh, the pers- when I sent my passport and everything, it was delaying. So I called the Swedish embassy. And I said, well, I sent this thing, a lady by name, I sent this thing, they called the lady by name Mary for me. And then Mary said, oh, oh, you are Gideon, we have your do- document here, but you need to have at least six months um, stay in your passport to be able to apply. So you have to go back to Ghana and apply for the visa from Ghana. I didn't have money, so I've gone to get a coin and I put it in a public phone booth. When she said that, I said, oh, I can't go to Ghana because I didn't have money to come to Ghana and go back. So I was very angry. I said, I can't go to Ghana. I can't do I raised my voice. So whilst I was talking, my money got finished. So the thing ended. I went back and borrowed coins and came back. Strutted it back into the phone, this thing, and then went again. When she picked, when she picked it, I said, this is Gideon. He said, why did you hang the phone on me? I said, I did not hang it on you. I'm a pastor. There's no way I can do that. Immediately she heard, I'm a pastor. Are you a pastor? I said, yes. So you're going to missionary school? I said, yes. So okay, no problems. Then my visa came. Big miracle. Big, big, big miracle for a poor boy. Then, then we used to have radio Bible school. A man whose books I used to read as a young pastor. This man also came to our school to teach. In the, I was just there. An old professor came and said his name is Roger Foster. Roger Foster, I've been reading his books. And I guess what? During uh, lunchtime, God takes me to go and sit beside, beside Roger Foster. I told him about all the books I read from him. The titles of the books and the things I learned from him. Roger Foster was like, so when you finish, what are you doing? I said, well, I have an opportunity to go to Sweden, but if you offer me opportunity, I'll look at it. Roger Foster went to the UK and offered me opportunity to work with Isha's Christian Center as a missionary. You know, Isha's, he used to work, organize Jesus' work. Isha's, in the UK. 
So by the time I left school, I had a visa to go and work with Isha's Christian Center or go to Sweden. I was poor for choice. Then I was praying one day. Whilst I was praying, whilst I was praying, I heard the voice of God. Everything I created had their place of abundance. The fish will multiply in the sea and then uh, the trees will bear fruit on land. He said, I, I, your place of abundance is not in Europe. Your place of abundance is in Africa, Ghana specifically. I said, but God, why then did you give me all these opportunities if I had to go? He said, anytime I'm going to give a man a big opportunity, I bring him to the Garden of Eden and show him the tree of life and the tree of knowledge, good and evil. You always have to make a choice between a major breakthrough and my voice. And my voice. And I listen to God. Today, look at all of you. Look at Crab Business School. Look at the things I'm doing today. Look at how I'm imparting people in this country. I just went to chat GPT. I said, who is Bishop Titi Ofer? What chat GPT told me about me? I was surprised. I was surprised. I was so shocked. That, that is the way AI sees me. Go and write your own. They will say, we don't know you. Oh, you're right, but they will say, slave queen. <laughs> oh, oh, chop out of bodies. So, I listened to God's voice. That is why I am here today, preaching to you. When I was confused, didn't know what to do. I listened to God. Hey, at that time, Ghana had an aircraft called DC-10. I, I boarded it at a place called Dusudov. When I went and sat in that DC-10, saying, God, what am I going into? What am I going into? I was so poor. I didn't know what I was coming into. Thankful for mommy. She didn't have any experience. When I told her that this was going she says, come. Don't worry. Come. Come. Let's come and come and let's do God's work. Today, here we are. If mommy had said, don't come, I need you to stay and come and take me and Kevin, don't come, I would have probably fought the voice of God. That's why you have to be careful with the people around you. They must support you to obey God. Okay? Now, the next thing, when you are confused and you want to find a way, is the warning. The warning. Jeremiah 7 verse 3. This is what the Lord, God Almighty, the God of Israel says. Reform your ways and your actions. And I will let you live in, in peace. In this, in this place. And I will let you live in this place. For God to give you a place as your own possession in life. You have to reform your ways. Sometimes you are missing because you have left God's ways and you are following your own ways. And you are following your own ways. So God said, reform your ways. Reform your ways. Reform your ways. Are you here with me? You understand what I'm teaching you? Reform your ways. You cannot be chopping girls' bodies and you think God will speak to you. You cannot be stealing money from your office and you think God will speak to you. There's what we call good success. Every success that is not biblically founded and righteously done, you will lose it. And you will lose it at the prime of your life when you need it most. Number seven, the winner. The winner. The winner. You, might, you need to have winner's mentality and mindset for you to be able to find direction and finish the race. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25. New Living Translation. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs. But only one person gets the prize. So run to win. So run to do what? Run to win. Run to win. 
Run to win. Run to win. You must have the winner's mindset. That this thing I'm getting myself involved in, I want to win. I want to win. No matter what you do, if you don't have the winner's mindset, you won't get anywhere. Number eight. Number eight. I'm concluding soon. Number eight. Then I'll receive the tithe and then um, we'll take our offering and then we are off from here. Number eight. The work. The work. The work. The work. First Corinthians 15 verse 58. NIV. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So when I met mommy, she was working in a company. She was a secretary in that company. And she was working in that company. After our engagement, and she went back to the office, the boss said she couldn't work with her again. So she became jobless after the, this thing. So she went to other interviews and got a job with a company. At that time, Communication centers in Ghana were very popular. And there used to be one in Osu, very big one. I've forgotten the name. What was the name? Oh, I've forgotten the name. It was a very popular one, big one. Osu, it, it, they used initial J, something, something. Big one in Osu. So she got a job, finished the interview, and said, okay, so come after your honeymoon. So after wedding, we went to honeymoon. Young pastor, my wife has a job. If my salary is even small, no problems. The night before mommy was to go, she had a dream. In the dream, when she got to the company, they gave her uh, an envelope. They gave her an envelope and told her that she should go and, and share the content of the envelope. When she finishes, that she should come for the job. When she opened the envelope, there were gospel tracts. When she told me, I said, God wants us to do his work, so he won't give you that job. But still go and try. She went dressed to start work. When she goes, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We needed some, somebody to do some work for us. So we are taking the person. The person is so good, we can't take the person out. Sorry. She came back home. Honey, the dream manifested itself. I said, well, God showed you that we have to do his work. Then we were just being posted to touching here. We started. But we were suffering. We were suffering. We're going through a lot of financial difficulties. So, a member of our church, at that time, Teshi had an MP called Ajay Boy Sekan. And Ajay Boy Sekan was looking for a secretary. So, went to a woman who had very pretty young ladies and asked for one of them to become a secretary. And one of them said, oh, no, no, no. Our pastor's wife is actually a trained secretary and they are going through a lot. So I just can employ her for us. No problem. Mommy went for the interview. Everything was ready for mommy to start. The night before mommy was to go, she had the same dream again. This time, a tree had fallen on the road. Everybody could climb. She was the only one who could not go over the tree. When she, got, when she finally managed to get to where he was going, a just can give her gospel tracts and said, go and distribute it. When you finish, come for the job. True, true, when she got there, the job had to give somebody else. So I said, my dear, don't apply for anything again. Let's just work for the Lord. Let us work it. There was no money. We're going through a lot, but God has spoken. We worked, 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 worked. 
when we finished our mission in Teshi and we're moving to a new place, I was walking in Accra, Dabraka, and I saw Blessed Lady Forest Bureau. And it was the biggest forest bureau, more like a kind of a bank. I walked in, met the MD who celebrated her 70th birthday this week. And mommy and I were the star guests. Just walked in there, met the MD. I said, oh, listen, I'm a young pastor. My wife and I are going through a lot and I need a job for my wife. She just smiled and said, bring her tomorrow. The next day, mommy started work. Mommy just started work and it was there that God started setting us financially. When we finished the assignment he gave us, Mommy got a job that mommy's weekend bonus were like sometimes my six-month salary. Oh, yes. Mommy can come home and say, she will come that time, she will call the open every Friday. If mommy calls my neighbors and says she wants to talk to me, then there's a big bonus. The one I go, I pick and say, hey, honey, honey, big bonus, big bonus. How big bonus? Then she will mention the figure. At that time, my, my salary was around eight cities. And mommy can get Mommy can get 200 for a bonus. Hey! And she would come and say, wow! And then I said, Charlie, when we work for God, he rewards us. So you see, one way in which you can find your rhythm in life is to work for God. When you think things, I know some of you, you are here right now, their jobs are difficult to find and other things. Start working in this church for him. One lady's husband left her. He had Two children. The man just left. One day, the man just came and packed and left the, um, the marriage and went to live with another woman. Then I've been made a youth pastor. The woman came to see me. I said, you know something? Whilst we are praying, put yourself in ministry. So the woman became a patron of the youth ministry and was supporting me, was coming to a youth camp with me, was also teaching the children's service. She put everything in God's destiny. Two things we prayed for. That God should set confusion in the new found love relationship. And number two, God should block the, storm, uh, the womb of that woman so they don't have a child. Yeah, yeah. The man was away for two years. Within that two years, the other woman could not conceive. Then one day, she was in the house the husband came back with his, with his everything. And she received him without complaining, without asking him. And the man also came arrogantly because he didn't come on his will. Angels brought him. <laughs> came, put his things down. And was angry, sat down. Then the woman said, will you eat something? <laughs> and today, today they are in America working with a full gospel uh, businessmen's fellowship. The amazing couple. Because the woman decided that instead of staying at home and crying and cursing God in my heart, let me put myself in God's work. Because if I work for God, God will work for me. Prayer and working for the Lord. Anytime something happens and you have three hours to spend, put it in God's work and see what God will do for you. Go for evangelism. Talk to your neighbors. Come on this altar. Pray. Call me. Is there anything I can do for the church? Funeral committee. Get yourself involved. Something's happening. Get yourself involved. Work for the Lord and see how he works for you. Number nine. Last but one. The will. The will. The will. 
the will, the will. Romans 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So God has a perfect will. You have to know it. So can I explain that to you? God has a perfect will. So all of us here, like I had God tell me to come to Africa. So I'm in God's will. I've told you how when I saw mommy for the first time, God said, this is your wife. Because I was brutally prayerful. I didn't have to go for a retreat because I needed to hear from God. I was always praying. I was always fasting. So when I saw the woman God was bringing to me, I didn't need a prophet. I said, all my life, nobody has prophesied to me. But I walked in prophetic footsteps. When I saw mommy, God said, this is your wife. When I proposed to her for the first time and she bounced me, for two years I was still waiting. At that time there were no phone calls or anything to call and chase the woman. I didn't know how I was going to meet her. For two years, um, Reverend Mosier and Co. used to say, can I marry someone? And I used to tell Reverend Mills that there's a girl called Olivia. She's the one I believe God wants me to marry. They look at her. Do you understand? She bounced me for two years. Two years, two years. I could have planted five churches. <laughs> ah, why? <laughs> now, if she doesn't see me for one day, there's trouble. It's always looking for me. The will of God, the will of God, knowing God's mind for you. Your life is not your own. God created you for a purpose. You must know that purpose. And the only way to know that purpose is continuous relationship. Continuous relationship. Continuous relationship. My children know what they can do and what they cannot do. They know my will for them. But not every child will go by the father's will. There are two types of children. The sober children and the stubborn children. You see, when you have a sober child there, eh, and you are talking to that sober child, that sober child listens. You will listen to everything you are saying. Listen to the end. And then when the sober child finishes, genuinely will thank you and say, okay, let me go and think about it. And thank you very much. I'll come back. And that sober child will go and pray and think and process it. And will come back and have a conversation with you. So, so, me, when it comes to my relationship with God, I'm a sober child. When God is speaking to me, I don't argue. That right now, this sermon, I'm preaching. You see, all my life, I'm either reading the Bible or listening to sermon or praying. There's always God consciousness in my mind. And I don't argue with God if I hear it from the word. Because I have a sober mindset. But stubborn children, Whilst God is speaking through the preacher, they are on Facebook. They're not even listening. Oh, you can be talking to someone and you are looking at the person. You know, the person is not, will not let you finish. Then they will come in. They do interject. And then you don't have to have an opinion about everything. You see, if you, if you are afraid to look at other views, then you don't have confidence in your own direction. 
you are so afraid that if you take this, you you may lose it. So you are you doing it. So the little that you are going, you want to keep it, you want to hold it, you want to keep it, you want to hold it. So be sober, don't be stubborn. And listen, then finally, finally, the way, the way, the way, the way. Jesus said, John 14 says, Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the way that leads to the truth and the truth that leads to life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, your life journey must lead you to the Father. One day life will end, all of us will die. You are either going to the Father or you are going to hell. It's your decision. So every road you are passing on, if that road is not leading you to the Father, it's not Jesus that is taking you there. Do you understand? And that is the reason why you need to make sure that Jesus is in your heart. You can be in church without being in Christ. I preach it here and I'm not tired of repeating it. You can be in church without being in Christ. All this character you have, that's why the fact that you say you are Christian. Do you know that sometimes the only thing that has changed in your life is where you spend Sunday morning. Every other thing is the same. You are the same old, 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 old brother that your mother gave birth to you. The born again, the born again where you are recreated in Christ is taught in you. That's why you can fight the same way you used to fight when you were not coming to church. Do you understand? If your lifestyle has not changed, despite coming to church and praying and fasting, then you are in church, but you are not in Christ. I am the way that leads to the Father. And that way, when you are on, on it, truth will be shown. Let me, let me conclude with this. Very simple story, I say. Or analogy I use a lot. If I leave Accra and I say I'm going to Cape Coast, and on the way to Cape Coast, people I'm asking direction from don't understand Fanti, they only understand Ewa. Where am I heading? I'm heading to Volta region until Lawrence hometown. I'm going to your hometown and I think I'm going to somebody else's hometown. You, you, you understand? How can I be going to Cape Coast and all the people I meet are speaking Ewe? Or how can I be going to Botan region and all the people I meet are speaking Fanti? So in your own life, if you are on the way, if you are on the way, if you are on Jesus' way, you will meet certain group of people. They are prayerful. They are pure in heart. They, they are givers of the Lord. They work for the Lord. But if all the people you are meeting, for one nighest, fornicators, gossipers. The way to heaven, you don't meet gossipers, you don't meet four eyes, you don't meet all these bad people. Oh. You don't meet those people on the way to heaven. If you are on the way to heaven, so me, my friend, no friend of mine is four one nine. No, well, I, some of my congregation members have four one nine, but you are not my friends. I'm just your pastor. And I'm preaching against you. If you don't stop, it's not, it's not me. I didn't die for you. And I'm not the one going to judge you. Jesus is the one going to judge you. He sent me to talk to you. And I'm doing it my own. I want to receive the crown of righteousness. I want to do all the five crowns. So I will preach. Whether you like it or not, I will preach it. Like this way I'm preaching it now. Do you understand? But make sure you are on the right way. You will meet. Do you know why I met mommy? 
why I met mommy, the one that brought peace into my life. Do you know why I met her? Because I was on the way. I was on the way. You cannot be on the way and not meet a woman that will bring blessing into your life. I was on the way. On the way, going. Reverend Mills, very good man. On the way, I met him. Pastor Fuachi, very good man. On the way, I met him. Have you ever seen one of my friends? As, no. On the way. Look at your, your, your kind of friends that you have. The Christian friendship is boring for you. You are in this church. Nobody in this church is your friend. All your friends are bad boys and girls. You are waiting for me to close this service early. Because somebody is waiting for you somewhere. For you to go and have Sunday afternoon alcoholic beverage. Your face like Satan. <laughs> because he's your father, you look like him. If after, no, if after what I've preached right now, you live here and you go and sit somewhere misbehaving, I say your face like Satan. God bless you. Thank you for having me.